0: Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to a brand-new podcast. This is, podcast is called Fans from the Stands. And to give you a little bit of history about what the podcast is about, uh, I'm with uh, my co-host, Ivan Roy. My name's Mickey Teed, and we're basically Blue Jay fans. I think you can agree with that, Ivan? Oh, yeah, definitely. Through and through. I think uh, the reason we wanted to do this podcast, we both have a really uh, big interest in uh, in baseball, and especially the Blue Jays. Uh, we have no affiliation whatsoever with Rogers, <laughs> except for my cell phone bill. <laughs> so, if Rogers, you're listening, you want to give me a discount, maybe we can talk. Uh, but we have—we're not reporters. We have no inside scoop. We're just—we uh, can be as critical as we want, I guess. So that's what the—the uh, the idea of this uh, came about. And I think we had some pretty interesting conversations after our, our beer league softball games. And so uh, I thought, why not? Everybody else has got a podcast. Why not me and Ivan? Yeah. So, uh, to give you a little bit of history about uh, about about me uh, as a baseball fan, uh, I grew up. I'm now 44 years old, which is every time I say it, I sound older and older. Uh, I grew up as a Blue Jay fan from uh, 1977 when they started, uh, and uh, I was. I think you can agree, Ivan. We were pretty. Uh, you're about the same age as me. We we're pretty pretty blessed uh, with the the years we had, right? With, yes, uh, from '85 and on. They're either in first place or, or challenging for a playoff spot, or they had some. You know, you go from George Bell, Dave Steve, Lloyd Mosby, Jesse Barfield. Uh, they're moving up to you know Roberto Alomar, Joe Carter.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, and then of course you've got the defensive wizard of Tony Fernandez, and it's just, uh, it was just you know uh, we had a great era to grow in, grow up watching baseball.
0: Right, and that kind of started, I think, uh, the big Blue Jay fan base. In Canada, right? Yep. Um, at least people of our age. And then uh, I described the next uh, roughly what 10, 20 years as the dark ages uh, from '94 yeah. when the when the strike happened. Uh, it seemed like management always thought we were a player away. I remember getting Benito Santiago was going to help us, and then Darren Fletcher. I mean, and to be and Roger Clemens. I mean, he yep. was Blue Jay for a few years. I think people forget that, uh, but at Denver never really panned out right never did never did
1: and it's not for a
0: lack of spending money because they did spend money right uh, i know there were some tough times with uh, the inner brew i think that owned labat sold it to inner and then they didn't want to spend money and there's a bit of a budget but we had decent teams but i also think we're in the era of uh, that really powerful new york yankees team right with yeah uh, jeter rivera uh, Pasano, uh what's his catcher's name passada thank you Uh, So, I mean, there was some, we're, we're battling some good teams. Uh, So, you know, then we we get out of the dark years, 2015, and then back in the playoffs.
1: Yep. And
0: the bat flip for the ages. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. You'll never forget that, right? Uh, Batista's bat flip, uh, that, that seventh inning was absolutely incredible. It was bonkers. Wasn't that, I remember watching that game against uh, Texas in that seventh inning, jays down by ryan it was all in and it all started with uh, that uh, the error made by martin yeah just a
1: uh, weird bounce off the uh batter's hand uh shin su chu su shin Sh- chu,
0: chu, su, chu, su, chu 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 Su. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, uh, I, I can't pronounce his name shin chu chu or anyways uh yeah and he, he'd have that weird that weird batting stance right after he swung he'd hold his bat out almost over the plate and I remember watching that game and Martin making that error and I thought well, Here it goes. Is, here it goes. And I, I, I at first I'm screaming at the TV like, no, no, it's 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 a dead ball, dead ball. There's no way this guy scores. Yeah. Good on the I don't know who the I forget who the runner was, was at actually. It was ran. Odor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> of course. <laughs> there's the yeah, Who else would it be? <laughs> the uh the the Achilles to the Toronto Blue Jays, roof net roof net Odor. Um yeah, runs in score. Good on him for, though for we're having a heads up heads up and running in running in and uh because yeah it, it counted and i thought oh no here we go and that's gonna be the, the you know it's like the the patriots in those two super bowls they lost there's always that one catch right that yeah. uh would uh cost them the game but it was uh really it was it was good on the jays to come back and it and errors by elvis andrews like who yeah <laughs> the gold glove shortstop makes three errors and one uh in one inning, it was—it uh, was obviously, at, you know—I don't know if you believe in in God or whatever God you do believe in, but somebody was looking down and shining the light on the Jays that day because it was—that—that uh, never—that should never have happened. And then it all led up to Batista.
1: Yeah, that was—that was, uh, that was uh, brought shivers down my spine. I still do when I watch that replay.
0: And it's one of those things, yeah, exactly. I can well, i can YouTube that that inning or that game, and it just get the same feeling over and over again. It's, uh, it's pretty similar to watching uh, the Jays' 92-93 World Series for me. Yep. Uh, the Joe Carter home run jumping out of my seat. I remember watching it downstairs with my dad. And I I, I can still picture to this day Joe Carter uh, hitting that one down the line, just scraping the fence and uh, just losing my mind.
1: Yeah. And then 92, I remember the uh, the series against Oakland where Alomar hit that homer off of Eckersley. You know, toughest closer in the game at the time. And
0: and I, I think you could probably call that the turning point for the Blue Jays. Yeah. Right. If you're going to nail a a moment in time where the Blue Jays, you know, made that corner from perennial maybes uh, to contenders, I think it was, it was that home run.
1: Yeah. Because it always, it was always, you know, like bridesmaids, never the bride, right? They always made it and then they would, you know, lose to the twins or the A's and, and just never quite make it over that hump. And that, that was it.
0: And I think uh, Alomar, the little bravado back right and I if I remember correctly this is now this is a lot of years ago uh I think it was Eckersley that kind of right before that that at bat he stood at the uh he stared at the he struck out somebody I don't even know who it was it might have been Devon White and he s- struck him out and then he stared at the Jays bench and did that like that fist pump yep. and yelled at the bench and the bench kind of lost it and then uh next inning Almar hits that two run home run to to go ahead yeah, I think you know you know what that could be that that could be the turning point. I think that was the uh, the time the Jays became World Series contenders.
1: Yeah.
0: So all that being said, uh, we're now in the age of we went from Alex Anthopoulos, uh, and I, I he, who built that 2015 team, and I think you could probably argue he built that 2017 team as well. Um, remember, he made that move to get uh, Troy Tulowitzki Yeah, Tulev. at the deadline. Yeah, I got too low, and then that was, they were a 500 team at that point. Uh, and I remember that move being, "Wow, it's, he's he's going for it," and then he kind of sold the farm to get uh, who's that knuckleball pitcher they had? R. A. Dickey. R. The Cy Young Award winning knuckleball pitcher. R. And they gave away Noah Noel, Noah Noel Yep. To get that pitcher, and uh, and Travis Darno, Travis Darno, who you know what didn't actually pan out. Until
1: until recently,
0: and he's until actually,
1: recently.
0: <laughs> he's uh, he's played out of his mind for Tampa Bay. Yeah, but uh, I don't even know where I don't even know where he is now. Is he still with Tampa?
1: I think he might be with Atlanta this year.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think he was with Atlanta before that as well. Yeah, but yeah, he uh, it was a kind of we sold the farm to, to make that uh, literally sold our farm system <laughs> to get to the playoffs. Yeah, but. You know what? It was either it was we kept building and building and building a farm system, and I just thought if we're ever gonna try to do something, let's do it now. So I, I good on Alex for having the gonads to, yep, you know, try to pull off a couple in there. you know, like you you know, right? Trades aren't always gonna happen. They're not always gonna pan out.
1: No, and and I mean they they played well and they ran into a tough Kansas City team that I argue to this day they could have beaten. Um, they just had some. Some bad luck in in that series, and had they gone past, you know, they would have had a good series against the the Mets.
0: So, like, what do you think? What caused them to lose lose that series?
1: Um, you know what? It was just uh, a lot of runners left on base, a lot of blown opportunities.
0: Yeah, situational hitting. Yeah.
1: Situational hitting, and that's one thing that uh, that Kansas City just always seemed to have even the year before when they they ran into the san francisco giants in the world series but uh they were just able to hit at the right time
0: from what i remember uh, i think it was they had a really good bullpen i think it was like the seventh eighth and ninth were basically yep. lights out yeah uh, do they guys. call it
1: hgh is what they called it that's uh, right all in herrera and and G. who's the g I can't remember.
0: Could even could even tell you, but I, I remember it being uh, lights out. I remember they, they got to the seventh inning. And the guys were throwing 100 miles an hour.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's funny because it's I guess baseball cyclical, right? So it uh, seems like every bullpen now is kind of is kind of mod is kind of molding themselves after after that bullpen, right? We have guys throwing 100 miles 100 miles an hour uh, coming out of the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Yeah, um, but which is Funny if you look back, you want to turn this back to a Jay story, uh, when we had Dwayne Ward and Tom Hankey. Yep. All right? We had those that you got to the eighth inning with those two guys. It was it, it was lights out.
1: Yeah. And they and they threw hard. They I don't see and you go back then, people weren't throwing hundred miles an hour like they do now. And I think right. it's just a you know, how far training has gone along over the years. Um but they threw hard and they had control.
0: Yeah, and, I think No, you're. you're, I think you're exactly right. It's if you look back, then if you threw 94, right? That was that was what 100 is now. Yeah. And you're right. I think I don't think Dwayne Ward or Tom Hankey threw in the hundreds. Maybe Tom might have in his early days, maybe hit near 100. Uh, But I think when he was pitching with Dwayne, I think it was probably around 96, 97 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, I used to call Tom Hankey Mister Excitement because (laughs) if the Jays are up by two runs, he'd manage to have two guys on with two out. And a cleanup hitter up, but he always got the job done. Dwayne Ward, I thought, was... Uh, out of the two, if I, had to, if I had to choose a closer for the Jays, it would be probably be Dwayne Ward. I think that slider he had it was just phenomenal.
1: He was cool as a cucumber.
0: Yeah, he really was. Uh, I guess... And maybe we can talk about that in another podcast, for all, our all-time Jays uh, favorites. Uh, but this year, moving on to... Uh, we got Alex Anthopoulos left town. We have the... Uh, Mark Shapiro, uh, Ross Atkins era start. And I've been, I know they they got a lot of heat and I think Jay's fans were impatient. We, we went through 20 years of, of nothing uh, to, to we we finally got a couple winners in a row. And then, then it was, they basically said, you know, we're going to rebuild our farm system until it's time to spend. And I, I, they got a lot of heat for it from a lot of, a lot of fans, a lot of media. Uh, but I think they've done a really good job of putting the Jays in position, right, with a lot of young talent. And they have, to Alex Anthopoulos' credit, a lot of that young talent was drafted by him, right, like Vladimir yeah. Guerrero, for instance. But um,
1: but they've done a great job, I, I think, uh, and, and it's it just goes to show that you know over the last you know four seasons or so, they've had a top five you know uh, farm system in the league. Right. So it's it's there and that's what they were saying is that uh we're willing to make those moves when we think we have the right team exactly so yeah. they have got that that depth out there to, to deal from if they need to
0: yeah and they've done a, a good job of getting a lot of depth i think you're absolutely right i think they have uh they, they've built up a, a good farm system and a, and a good base i think and we'll get into this i think uh what uh, what moves they made this this off season um so starting, I guess we'll go. What do you think, Ivan? We'll go position by position. Sure. Uh, and, we'll, and then we'll talk about the pickups they've made and, and what we think about them. So we got obviously the biggest pickup uh, this offseason. And I'm looking at um, what website is this? Roto, Roto Champ. They've projected the, the, the lineup for the Jays this season. And it'll be George Springer uh, starting probably in center field, you think?
1: Yep, guaranteed. Uh, He'll be there he, for a
0: couple of years at least. So he was the Jays' big pickup uh, this offseason. I forget what the contract was, five years or six? Five years, and I think what people were saying, it that, uh, the Jays had to give him that, that extra years that nobody else wanted to give him, right? Right. Uh, he's a, uh, obviously for those uh, not familiar with George Springer, you know, the Houston Astros center fielder. And yeah, great, I have I've nothing against... Uh, George Springer, I think he's going to be a fantastic addition. I'm just, he was just the skeptical person in me. I don't, I hope that garbage can incident uh, wasn't the reason why he was such a good hitter. I don't, I don't, I don't don't know. What do you, what do you think?
1: I I think he'll be fine. Um, Out of all of the players, he, his numbers didn't drop off after the whole scandal kind of was brought to life like so like essentially last year he had a, a regular george springer type season
0: so last season he batted what 265 with an on base of 359 which is pretty good yeah um yeah i, I think when the scan like really the scandal was what 2017 to or 2016 20. to 2018 roughly yeah,
1: it was there yeah it was their world series season and maybe the season afterwards
0: yeah so he's I mean, yeah, he batted two sixty-five last in the year before that was two ninety two, two sixty five, two eighty three. Same same on base roughly. And home so runs he, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, he's been
1: about the same. So he's kind of maintained his his norms, which is what kind of gives me a you know, that good feeling that he'll be okay.
0: Right. It's yeah. I like I said, I I, 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 I maybe there's a skeptical person in me hoping that it, nothing to do with that uh Trash can banging, and he'll carry on his numbers to Toronto. And I think, especially, I think, and we haven't talked about this yet, if Toronto plays their home games in Florida, like that's a that's a band box. Yeah. Like balls are going to fly out of there. So I think his home runs will will shoot up. And last year he hit, what, 14 home runs in 51 games.
1: Yeah, so you're looking at a 40-home run pace there.
0: Yeah, so I imagine in that band box, he'll, he'll be hitting a few. So he, and he gives you know what I think the biggest part about George Springer, at least to me, was uh, he gives some defense.
1: Yes. He's he's a he's a good defender. He's getting up there in age, right? Which is why I'm thinking he'll probably be their center fielder for the next two, maybe three seasons, and then he'll probably be moved over to right.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. He's 31 now. I think I think you're right. Two years in center field is probably is going to be his maximum. Uh, but I think, and, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, it seems baseball is kind of going in that position where they like a lot of guys that play a lot of different positions, right? Like you're, yeah. we'll talk about Kevin Biggio in a, in a few minutes, but it seems we're going for that all utility person. But for me, and I don't know, about, and it, we'll get your thoughts on it. Uh, for me, you get that utility person, which is great. You can play a bunch of different positions, but does he play one really well? Exactly. And, uh Like we had like Teoscar Hernandez friends or even Randall Gritchick, who I thought, and I'll admit it, uh, when uh, they traded um, Kevin Pillar, I thought, well, that's going to be easy. Just put Randall Gritchick in center. He's the same style, same kind of athlete, but no, (laughs) no, (laughs) that didn't, that didn't work out.
1: I mean, he, he manned it effectively, um, but he wasn't particularly great at it.
0: Right. He filled a hole. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. he, he was he's was adequate right and that's yeah. that that's that. okay we we can put someone there but are they going to be i think gonna be good and i think that's what the jays needed to focus on was you know getting players who are good at that position yeah and i think george springer will be good in center field i think he'll and he'll be more than just filling a hole i think he'll be able to um play a little bit better than above average defensively
1: yeah and then and his bit- his offense will more than carry the rest of it i think
0: so. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think he's going to be. Uh, he, he was. A, I think he. We needed that bat. We needed that defense. And I think that was a great pickup for us. I, I have a feeling. Uh, so the odd man out in the outfield. We'll talk about the outfield, I guess, as we go on. But so we'll move on. Yep. Uh, so we got George Springer, a big pickup, and then we got second baseman Marcus Simeon. What are your thoughts on on Marcus?
1: I really like Marcus Simeon. Uh, I think he's. He brings that uh, that elite defense right because when you play and that's the weird thing is that he wasn't always an elite defender and then he had a couple of seasons in Oakland where he was playing short and he brought that defensive level right up there and uh, and I think bringing him on board to be that that mentor for Bichette and I think that's what Bichette needs is somebody to just kind of help him with his defense. And uh, and I think Marcus Simeon's the right guy to bring in. And the nice thing is that he can play short. So if Bichette does get injured or needs a day off, you've got somebody who's going to fill the position in a, in a really solid way.
0: That's a great that's a great point. I I, I 100% agree. I think uh, I think second base. And I've here's another history of me. I don't I don't play major league baseball. I've never played. I played a little bit of hardball when I was a kid, but so I don't know how intricate. But I've been told by announcers. At second base is an easier position than than shortstop. Uh, it's obviously obviously an easier throw from than being in the hole at short. Um, I, I think, and the, I mean obviously management hasn't come out and said this. I think Marcus Simeon was, yes, he's going to be their everyday second baseman, but I think he's also the insurance plan. You mentioned this uh, for shortstop in case Bo gets hurt. Bo's had a little bit of injury issues the past couple of years. Uh, and I, I like Bo I but as much as I, I, lo- I love his bat, I love his attitude. Uh, I like everything about Bo except uh, his defense is, it's, it's I mean, it's it's average, right? Below, maybe, uh, maybe I would even say bl- a bit below average right now.
1: Right. What I like about Bo's attitude is that he's willing to work to become better. And he's right. always said that. He sees himself as a shortstop, and he's working really hard on his defense to ensure that he can remain at shortstop. And you have right. to admire that attitude because he's still young, yeah. And and he can develop into a above average. I'm not going to say he's going to be a defensive wizard like Tony Fernandez or, or even Francisco Lindor or anything like that. But he will, I think he'll become a above average defender.
0: Right. I I I, I agree with you. I uh, so I, I think Marcus Simeon. Is that just in just in case Bo gets hurt, yeah. we, we can easily put him to short and move Biggio or whomever to second base. Um, I I think when we you just mentioned Francisco Lindor, I think it, uh, Francisco would have been uh, an awesome yeah. pickup by the Jays. You know, unfortunately, you probably had to that time then move Bo to second base. But could you imagine Francisco Lindor at short and Bo Bichette at second? Oh yeah, that um, would have been fantastic. But again, I guess the Jays against uh, once again this off were the uh, the bridesmaids, <laughs> the bride. Uh, they didn't. Uh, they they they. I guess they were told they came in second in that uh, that pickup.
1: Yeah, I think, and I think they wanted uh, Guriel in that trade, and that was something that the Jays were not quite re- really willing to pull a trigger on.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think uh, it'd be really hard to give up. Give a, a it's not a Gold Glover yet. Uh, he was nominated i think he's he's his, his bats really really come along yeah marcus uh he signed, i think i mean for what one year at 18 million dollars yeah you can't, argue, you can't argue with that kind of i mean why not right exactly and from from what
1: i hear is that he's a, a great clubhouse guy like he's one of those clubhouse leaders those quiet leaders you know but the yeah. the the guy that knows how to approach you know dealing with younger kids and and talking to the you know to his teammates and ensuring that they can have a you know a proper attitude and, and proper etiquette especially when you have a bunch of young guys that might get a little rambunctious in the clubhouse
0: no i think you're uh you're exactly right um he's for for a one year, eighteen million dollars. Right, he's acquired leadership. He's come from a team that was young. He was one. He was one of those young guys. Yeah. So yeah, and he's done it the right way. Uh, for him, I think uh, like for selfishly, for him, he got he's got one year to to prove it. Right. He had an off off year last year, where he was the year before he was what third in MVP voting. Yeah. Uh, he had a down year last year, and so his value, his market value, went down. Obviously, if the Jays can get him for one year at 18 million dollars, when I guess they were uh, projecting him before last season to possibly get, you know, six years, five years, over 150 million. So, yeah, uh, I think for for one year, 18 million dollars, that's great. And then you, the Jays have some middle infielders coming up through the system, right? So, exactly. He's, he's kind of a stopgap right now, and I'm hey, and if Bo gets hurt, perfect, you have a shortstop ready to jump in there, and then you don't have to rely on one of those your triple A guys or double A guys that come up and hopefully fill a void. And uh anyways, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. And then next they have Bo Bichette batting, batting third. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah, Beau, we, we talked about Bo Bichette a little bit. What, what are your thoughts on Bo again? So I like Bo's bat. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that
1: has the, uh, the ability to hit doubles and, you know, free for days, right? At the speed that he has coming out of the box. And his uh his you know all-out attitude it just you know lends to having a lot of doubles and uh and then of course he's got that pop so he can put it out in pretty much any park in the in the league so i i think he's probably gonna be one of those 20 25 homer guys no problem but he's gonna yeah. have he's gonna have an average
0: yeah and I, I, I guess i guess we'll see with with these new balls. We'll talk about that, I guess, in our run yeah. run segment, uh, but we'll uh, we'll see what those new balls do. Uh, but you're right. His uh, past two years, he's batted 350, uh, sorry, 311 in his first year with a .358 on base percentage. Sounds a lot like George Springer. And uh, he, last year, he batted .301 with .328. I mean, that's you can't ask for much more than that, right? No. He's Especially got, from
1: a kid who's only had a taste of the
0: majors, right? Right. He's only, how old is he? He's only 22 years old. Yeah like that's a long future ahead of him yeah um so i mean and they're projecting him under baseball reference they're projecting him to have a, a 286 average this year with 17 home runs 52 rbi's so he uh he doesn't strike out a lot either right he's they're projecting him to strike out 89 times and i guess last year or let's do a full sample size 2019 when he was a rookie he struck out 50 times in 212 at bats or 196 at bats it's not bad. It's not bad. In today's day and age, when it's all yeah, it's the three uh three outcomes, right? Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's, and I don't know what your thoughts are. Mine, I'd rather have the guys put balls in play.
1: Yeah, and that's what he does. Is he puts the ball in play. So he doesn't strike out a lot. He doesn't walk much because if you look at two eleven and two twenty eight on base, that that doesn't show for a lot of walks. But you know, he's putting the ball in play and.
0: You got making him. the defense work, right? Exactly. Uh, so next they have Teoscar Hernandez batting cleanup, which I could probably see. And I would guess Teoscar, I think we talked about this before, but he'll probably bat. He'll, sorry, he'll probably play in right field. Yep. Uh, I, I'd rather have him play in DH.
1: Same, same. <laughs> I'd rather have Gritchuk out in right field, but it looks like they're trying to deal with Gritchuk.
0: Yeah, I think that's what's probably going to happen. Yeah. Uh, You know, he was the one that he was the he was their big, their big signing about two years ago. Yeah, they extended him, Uh, and I thought, well, why not? He's 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 got power, and he's young. He's still young, and even last year he batted two seventy eight or two eighty.
1: He turned it around last year.
0: Yeah, right. So I mean, (laughs) he reminds me a lot of who is that uh, center fielder the Jays had uh, about ten years ago? He was a his facial hair was always terrible. He was from the Cardinals as well. Oh, um, Colby Rasmus. Colby Rasmus reminds me of Colby <laughs> Rasmus. Sorry, Colby, if you're listening when you're probably not, I think Colby was the ugliest man in baseball, but yeah. uh, he is a, uh, he. his facial hair always looked like like a werewolf, like it's just patchy, and, <laughs> but his batting, is, it seems like, it reminds me a lot of Gritchick, it was like either all or nothing, Yeah. except, except you're right, last year where Gritchick was kind of putting it together, and Hitting for more of an average, not striking out as much, and still hitting home runs. Uh, But getting sorry, getting back to Teoscar, I think he'll probably play right field. Um, And he's got an arm. He does have an arm. He's got a cannon. Yeah. So if you're gonna, I mean, so if you can't catch the ball, at least you can throw someone out at second or third.
1: Yeah. They were they were saying that uh, Teoscar, his his defensive ability diminished after he had a concussion. Uh, while playing, so he was running for a ball, and I think he had a collision with another player. Ended up with a con- concussion and was out of the game for for a while. And after that, he felt very apprehensive in the outfield and just didn't really know how to how to take his roots
0: anymore, which is weird. Really? Eh? Yeah. That you know, and uh, it's funny you say that because it makes a lot of sense. Because they when they put him in center field, he looked. Uh, I don't want to say. I don't want to say he didn't look like. He didn't look like Kevin Pillar, like wasn't crouching the walls, making diving, but he didn't make a lot of errors. Yeah. And he was pretty average out in center. And uh, from what I understood from commentators is that it's, it's easier to play center field. I guess the ball doesn't tail. The angle it doesn't, doesn't tail. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's you play outfield in our, in our slow pitch league. So you, <laughs> you, know, you played the outfield. I played the
1: outfield. Yeah. It, it does tail when you're out in the, uh, <laughs> on the,
0: uh, on the lines rather than down the middle, but uh Right, and he so he I mean, if you're gonna have a guy, it's gonna hit thirty home runs, forty home runs. That's what I yeah, and I think that's what they're expecting out of him is to just provide them with that power bat. And uh, he's come a long way from that guy that they thought might just be just be a fourth outfielder, right? Yeah, he's really uh, and he's last year and the year before he's kind of showing that he can last year mostly he can cut down his strikeouts and not chase those balls in the dirt.
1: Exactly. I know that they're still projecting him to have a lower average. Um, but you know that that remains to be seen right
0: exactly. if he
1: if he continues with the same approach he had last year and he doesn't get homer happy then he might end up being that you know hitting 270 i'm not expecting 300 no. really i'm not but if he can put his average in the 265 275 range with 30 40 home runs i think you've got a playable bat there
0: i totally totally agree i think he's you just concentrate, you know, hit, hit those home runs. I'll even take a 240 average. If you're gonna bop 240 and hit do the do the Rob Deer about 190, <laughs> just, so I should say don't do the Rob Deer about 196 or 190 and then hit 40 home runs. But uh, if you can bat 2 240 250 and hit 40 jacks, why not? Yeah. Uh, then they have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. playing first in DH. What do you think about Vlad? wow uh
1: that's a tough one right because i mean you got to feel for the kid because he came in you know people were expecting him to be the next coming and uh and that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid who's i mean he he came into the league at what 19 years old 1920 um he's what 21 right now that that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid maybe he ate his Pressure away, and that's why he put on a lot of weight last summer. (laughs) Um, uh,
0: What do they call it? Emotionally eating.
1: Yeah, emotionally eating. Um, I, I feel bad for the kid, but with that being said, you're a professional player, and it's time to put the big boy pants on. And
0: the big big boy pants. The
1: big big boy pants. We'll see what he shows up to spring training at, right? So apparently, he's lost a lot of weight this winter. Right. So if he's if he's you know slender and and more fit. Um, then we can see. I know he wants to play third again, but uh, we also the, the Stonehands in the uh, in the winter league. They're the son of this winter, so
0: yeah, that's the see for me. That's that's the issue with, with Vlad. In your, in your, I think you, you hit the nails on the head. Uh, Vlad is he had a lot of pressure. I mean, look look at his dad. <laughs> like, yeah. when your dad is Vladimir Guerrero, Hall of Famer, he could hit everything. Anything a pitch is a bounce in the dirt, and you can hit it like 300 feet. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot to live up to. But he, I mean, he's got the skills. He did it. He did it in single A, double A, triple A. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he's obviously got the tools to do it. I think his conditioning obviously needed improvement. Yeah. I remember last year they said he'd lost weight. Then he got to spring training and you're like, <laughs> I know, if, he, if he lost weight, he found it again. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, second spring training. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so I, I kind of find I'm a little, I'm a little worried. I'm, I'm trying to be. Uh, optimistic about this spring training because they showed a lot of pictures of him, what, about two months ago and he dropped, looks like he dropped about 40 pounds. Yeah. And he looked, he looked great. You looked fantastic. Then, but I haven't seen any pictures recently. <laughs> right. So uh I hope you guys didn't stop at Dairy Queen a few times. Uh, I think uh, it's, it's, I, I, I'm still waiting for Vlad to come out with that big like breakout, breakout year, right? Yeah. I know it's only been two years and they say what, it's about how many at-bats, what, 1,500 at-bats 2,000 at-bats before you you know really find your groove but yeah fernando tetis jr who he was basically neck and neck with with who talent wise uh has kind of outshone him dramatically yeah. and that's and, and I, that's
1: what he used as an as a, an explanation he had an interview over the winter and he said i realized that i can't just skate by on my skill alone and that my conditioning needs to improve because he specifically mentioned juan soto Who's also around 22, 23 years old, Right. and Fernando Tatis, as examples. He's like these were the guys that I was supposed to be like, and I'm not there, so I need to really focus on my conditioning and my training, and that's kind of what set him off on this on this path. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I, I, good for him. I mean, he's only what? He's 21.
1: Yeah, 21. Maybe?
0: 21 years old. For, and like, I know me at 21, like how. <laughs> I, I didn't have a full-time career yet at that time, and I I don't know how serious I would have been. So it's good for him for you know recognizing he's got those deficiencies and he needs to uh, really pick up on it. I mean, this is going to be his career, hopefully for life. Uh, he needs he needs to put on you know that muscle, that that speed. And I think, and to be fair to, to Vlad, I mean, we all know he's not. He he played third base, which I mean, he had to focus on playing third. Right? It's kind of like Danny Jansen. Yeah. Right. You, so Danny was basically told, don't worry about hitting right now, worry about defense, worry about your catching, and then we'll catch up with the hitting later. Well, Vlad's playing a really hot position, obviously, at the hot corner. He's, I mean, he's got to learn how to play that position well in Major League Baseball. I mean, it's, ball's coming faster, harder. Um, he, uh, he, I mean, he had the constraint on, on learning to play defense at a Major League level, and then learning to hit at a Major League level. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, his talent didn't, didn't carry him where he thought it was going to. Exactly. And, no. and
1: then and then last year, he was set to play third at the first spring training. And then when second spring training came along, that's when the Blue Jays said, hey, you're going to be playing first. And there's a week until the season starts. Right. So that really put him on a even more difficult path of learning first base. And, and we all know that at first, there are balls that you shouldn't go after that a third baseman on the other side would go after.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly that's exactly his problem, right? And I think we we saw that. I and I'm ignorant as probably a lot of other fans were, thinking that first base. Well, how hard? I mean, I play I play first base in our softball league. Uh, another first baseman we have on our team plays second base, but he plays first. <laughs> uh, but uh, to be fair, uh, yeah. So our. our to be fair our uh, our first baseman uh a first baseman isn't uh, it's not an easy position to play I mean it isn't slow pitch I mean what there's the bases are smaller or farther are closer together uh when you're in uh major league baseball they're 90 feet apart and you're right though and again the ball comes faster comes harder there's different angles to the ball with shifts and, and whatever else I mean we saw that last year when they had a few balls hit to Guerrero uh yeah he went he went to make the play that it, he shouldn't have exactly it would have just been going to the big
1: yeah, exactly. And there was a few plays where you're you're looking and you're like, if he'd have if you looked to see where the shift was, he would have known that there was somebody practically behind him. Exactly. And I don't know how many plays that were made that it was like, you know, Vlad, you should be at first, not the pitcher trying to cover. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what ends up happening is that you've you got pitchers that are covering balls that at the or covering the bag when they should be, you know, just kind of you know, this, covering for the overthrow.
0: Exactly, right? Yeah. And the, the last thing you want is a pitcher to have to run over there and get hurt, right? Exactly. Um, so I, I think, I, and I'm hoping, I'm trying to be optimistic with Vlad. I'm hoping this is the year. i hoping this is the year he, he comes out and just uh, rakes yep. and plays. I, you know what? Even if he plays first and he plays average, below average, it'd be nice to have a gold lover, but if, if not, well, yeah. whatever, right? Um, then uh, they have on this list, they have... Cavan Biggio, and he's slated to play third base. What do you think about Cavan?
1: I think Cavan needs to stick to one or two positions. I think over the last few seasons, they've used him at first, second, third, right field, left field. And as, as much, and even his dad, who's a Hall of Famer, has said that I've changed positions a lot in my career, but I stuck with a position for an entire season. It wasn't from game to game and he says he even said he's like kavin's willing to do that but he's like that's that makes it really hard for a kid to get acclimated to one specific position right so if you put him at third hopefully it's you know the majority of his time is spent at third so he can learn the position i think kavin's got the pop to be a good solid third baseman uh, bat wise because you're expecting power from that position and uh, and he's athletic, so you can expect him to be an above-average defender. Probably not a gold glover, but if you leave him there with enough practice, I think he'll be an above-average
0: defender at third. I think you're. I think you're right. I I, I feel for Cav. I love Bichio. I have a man crush on Kevin <laughs> I'll I'll admit it now. I think he's uh, he's what he, I think he's what a baseball player should be. means. No nonsense hard-nosed takes a lot of walks selective yep. um, he's obviously got some some issues and I read an article on the athletic uh, the other day where Tampa Bay was really high and inside and that seemed to be his bugaboo right he was struggling to hit heat in the playoffs he hardly hit because that's what they were scouting reports saying pitch him high tight hard stuff couldn't couldn't connect with it so I I think it's unfortunate they're putting him at third base. I think Kevin's a second baseman through and through. Yeah, and I think well, when you got when you sign Simeon, someone's got to move around. I think Kevin's like well, he's they figure he's he's going to be I don't want to say good, but at least average everywhere he goes. So he might as well put him at third. Right. I think Kiel, they have him They have him on this uh, in this chart is batting six. I think he's more your. Know, they have Simeon batting second. I, I would almost put Bgio lead off. Yeah, I don't think he's been thrown out yet. Stealing bases.
1: No, he didn't get thrown out last year.
0: No, I think he, I think his major league career he's never been thrown out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not going to steal you forty bags, but who steals forty bags anymore, right? Exactly. So I, and I think you'll probably see Cavan play, probably second base this year. Maybe more, and it all depends on health, right? If yeah, even if Simeon gets hurt, they're going to put Cavan back at second, and they'll try to fill the hole with with Joe Panic or whoever else and we'll get to those pickups after but yeah uh, so then moving down the list we have Lourdes Guriel Jr playing left field and batting seventh what do you think about Lourdes Oh I love Lourdes I I I think he's
1: he's got that you know great jovial attitude always in a good mood and uh he's got a great arm accurate he's not like he doesn't throw super hard he's not like a cannon but you'll notice that his throws are almost always on the mark and that's why he gets all those assists. And right. I I think at some point, he'll probably be a, a gold glove outfielder.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's already been nominated, right? I think yeah. it, was, it wasn't last year it was the year before he was nominated for a gold glove and left. I think Lourdes is, and I'm not an expert by any means, but I think Lourdes has been, he takes some different routes to the ball, or at least he used to, kind of looked a little awkward out there, but he's really come to his own. And he's one of those guys, well, he got... He got shifted out to left field because he couldn't throw for a <laughs> second. <right? laughs> he got that Chuck Knoblock uh, yips. The yips. Yeah, and it, that was weird to see. Yeah, uh, and yeah, but he's really found he's found his groove out and left. Yeah, uh, and that's you know we're talking about positions, and it's one of the things that I think the Jays had they had a lot of until this year. They had a lot of guys who were right fielders or th playing positions that they shouldn't have been playing. Yeah, but I think uh, I think Lourdes is gonna you know he's. He could, you know, he could surprise you and become like your fourth or third hitter and hit 30 to 40 jacks and high average, right? He's yeah. and he's got speed. He's got speed. Uh, I think he's when they were talking about you know, trading him for uh for um Lindor. I I I love Lindor. I think Lindor would be a great pickup, but man, I I would have a hard time giving up Lourdes for that.
1: Yeah, same.
0: And then they have moving down the list, we have Rowdy Telez that in DH in first base. And I know I I I think you like Telez, like, am I right? I
1: like I like Telez. I like Telez. Um he's your prototypical first baseman, you know, big hefty dude, lots of power. Average, not so much. <laughs> right. Um, but you know what? I I like the guy. Uh he made some really good improvements last year. Uh, in terms of average and uh, power numbers, and but the, you got to remember, he's never really had a full-time job. He's always been a platoon guy, right? Exactly. But when and you look at his numbers, he's not a platoon guy. His numbers are pretty even, both both sides.
0: Right, and yeah, his splits. Even, but you, you said doesn't hit for average. Well, he like, he, he, he does. He right? does. Like, yeah, and uh, he's got. He's got so much power that you can see where, like it's it's almost frustrating that they don't play him more often. So exactly. they always they always sit him on against lefties, for whatever. But he's you're right and you're exactly right. He's improved on hitting lefties, uh, so just keep him at first. Like I, it's almost if you're, like if if I needed a first and I'll put Rowdy at first and put uh, Vladdy DH. Same. And I know and I know people are gonna say, well, you know, Vladdy's only 21 years old. He's you don't want to put him there because he's still young. He's a D he's a DH. Let's yeah. let's let's face facts. He'll be a backup for his baseman. He's going to be a DH. He's going to be Prince Fielder. Yep. <laughs> Same body type almost. But Rowdy Tellez, like you look at last 2019, he hit. Uh, well, he yeah, had 227. So yeah, he didn't hit for average. Uh, 400 at bats, but he hit 21 jacks, 54 RBIs, and even batting 227, he had a 293 on base. So I mean, he struck out a lot. Yeah. But it, I think he's also. How, how old is uh, He's 25 years old. Yeah. So back then he was 23. Yeah. I mean, he's going uh, to. I'm a big I'm a big Rowdy fan. I'm probably being a homer on this one. I think he could be a really good first baseman for the Jays. I, I hope. Yeah. And it's one of these things that we, we've kind of been saying throughout the lineup is if he has a breakout year. <laughs> watch out. Could you imagine? Yeah. Laddie and Rowdy have a breakout year like but, this. This this lineup could be deadly. It could be.
1: You know, you, you look back at the years when they had, you know, Bautista, Donaldson, and Encarnacion. This could be that type of lineup again. Yeah. Where you have three guys in a row that hit 40 home runs.
0: Well, yeah, you, and so I, well, I guess we'll just finish. We'll go to the go through the lineup. But yeah. uh, so the catcher they have Danny Jansen catching, and I think um, I think Danny will be their their full time catcher. I think Alejandro Kirk will probably be their backup. Yeah. I think uh, Reese McGuire has. Uh, jerked it off out of town. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he's uh, playing by himself. Um, okay, I'll, I'll stop with the, uh, I'll stop with the puns. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think Danny's. Well, he was why well, he was also nominated for a Gold Glove, right? Yep. A couple of years ago. A couple years ago. He's still young, uh, and he was supposed to be the he was supposed to be the backup. Remember when they when when Reese and him were coming up for the minors? It was supposed yep. to be Reese McGuire was their number one, and Danny would be the backup, but. Good on Danny for uh, for really picking up his game. Yep. He is,
1: uh, and, and as we were saying earlier, right, he was told to focus on the catching, which he's dramatically improved. So he's held the running game to, you know, league average. Yeah. Uh, he's improved his receiving, so he's getting more strikes for the pitchers, which is always a good thing. Um, so I think this year is the year where he starts to take a step forward in terms of batting. And uh, we'll see. I mean, we're not expecting... You know, a 300 hitter. He's not going to be part, uh, you know, Buster Posey or anything like uh, anything like that. But if you can get a catcher who's hitting for 250 average with 15 jacks, you're looking at a pretty good catcher. You're looking at basically uh, Russell Martin from a couple of years ago.
0: Right. Yeah, and that was he wasn't too bad. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't too shabby. Yeah. I I think uh, I, I I like Danny. I've don't have an issue with Danny. Even if you know what, even if Danny bats. 220. is as long as his his defense. And that's what you want from a catcher, right? It's kind of like back in the old days. You didn't really care what your shortstop hit as long as he could make the plays up the middle. Yeah. And your catcher could receive it, right? So I'm okay with Danny batting low two hundreds, but if he's got if he bats more, like two sixty, hits over twenty home runs bonus, right?
1: And that's what they were expecting. They were expecting Danny to be the bat first defense later kind of catcher and Reese McGuire was the defense first and uh
0: and and and, and the offense and yeah. the
1: offense later so now you you've got that catcher who's kind of improved his defense to well above average and now you you expect that bat that he had in the minor leagues to just come forward
0: right and i, w- I would imagine i've obviously i've never played major league baseball again i've never <laughs> caught uh major league pitching but i can imagine that it's a lot to learn even if you've been a catcher your whole career a whole pitching staff at the major league level i mean those pitches have more break on them they come in harder so uh, and plus you got to learn base running tendencies of the opposition right and yep. hitting tendencies of the opposition there's a lot a lot to learn right there's, there's a lot going on yeah right. so, uh, and I and it
1: doesn't help also that the jays seem to be rolling over new pitchers more often than not right, right? so they're right. they're getting new starting pitcher pitchers almost every year right um you've got one that doesn't speak english
0: so communication it's got to be an issue right yeah do you, right do you bring google translate with you to the mound or? yeah uh i yeah i i, I think and i think he's got a good base obviously a, a above average base now for for defense i think maybe now he can focus on that that hitting side of it yeah
1: uh, and, and and the nice thing is if you look at his numbers uh, last year he hit 183 which right. is mendoza line level <laughs> below yeah but his on base percentage is 313. wow so he took a lot of walks he took a lot of walks and six home runs you know through 120 at bats so the power can be there
0: right and he and he again he's only 25 years old yeah right lots of so. youth
1: on this team i love it
0: it's 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 gonna be fun to watch yeah the year before he hit 207 but. He had an on base of 279. So it looks like he's got a, he had an eye last year, right? He was at least being selective. He didn't hit a ton, but, and it was such a, it's such a short, 51 games. It was like really like that, that, to me, that means nothing. He had a bad start. If you had a bad start, you were sunk for the whole season.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: And then like, I would, I would assume their backup catcher would be Alejandro Kirk. It might be Reese McGuire. I I would really doubt it. I think Alejandro's kind of played his his way into at least a backup role yeah. on this team. And I just got sent an email uh, from a guy that. So if, for those of us, so for those of you who are just uh, starting this podcast with us, uh, me and Ivan are in a Stratomatic baseball league. <laughs> uh, check it out at Stratomatic.com. No, they're not sponsoring us. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> uh, I drafted Alejandro Kirk in the third round of our uh, strata league because I I just I think he's. I, I he's he's five foot eight, two hundred and sixty five pounds. At least he was. <laughs> I got an email yesterday from a guy that's in our league uh, with a from a a Reddit article showing a new picture of Alejandro. Looks like he's dropped about forty to fifty pounds. Nice. Yeah, he's he said he's in the best shape of his life. So hopefully, like a maybe like Vladimir. This team's probably lost over four hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> without losing a player. they uh, So I, I think Alejandro will probably, I don't know, what do, you, what do you think? Do you think he'll be the backup catcher or do you think he'll be somebody else? I think he'll be the backup catcher. He Although he didn't play above A-ball last year,
1: so right. it is possible that they give him a little bit more season because if he's a backup, he might not play as much as they'd want him to.
0: That's a great point.
1: And, and they might leave him in AAA if we have a AAA. We, we don't know what Major League Baseball is going to do yet. <laughs> right. Um, so if we do have a triple I wouldn't be surprised to see him start at A as the starter, right. so you can get as much time in as possible.
0: Yeah, I, I could, I, you know That's a great, great point. That's, uh, it's, it's actually something I didn't even think of. I think you're right. I think uh, if they, if he's being groomed to be their starter in the future, or, or at least a a good backup in the future, I think you're right. I think he needs more time behind the plate. Uh, cause he, he's, what probably a probably below, below average defender, right? And how much, how much can you move around the plate when you're 265 pounds? He's got a good low center of gravity. Yeah, he does. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so I guess we'll just round off with our, I think our bench players, the, the Jays signed, uh, panic yesterday. I think it was yesterday or the day or the day before, uh, Joe panic. Is gonna make his, uh, return to Toronto. Yep. Um, what do you think of that?
1: I like it. I mean, you're looking at a, a gold glove caliber glove mm-hmm. he's got a lot of experience and uh, he already is familiar with the team so that always helps when you're you know you're coming to a, a team and he's going to be fighting for a position i, I think they sign him to a minor league contract with uh with the option that you know he'll make his uh his money if he makes the major league roster i like the signing i think he's a good backup option for their infield.
0: right so looking at uh, their infield now, I guess they'd have Joe Panic as their backup. And I, I, I don't I have an issue with it. He bats. He's a left off the bat, right? Sure. He's a lefty off the sorry off the bench. Um, he's he's not going to win any batting titles. No, he's there. He's there to fill in some holes, right? And if someone gets hurt, he can play a few games at that position. Uh, I think they also they also have Santiago Espinal, who they seem to really like. They do. Isn't he the one that they picked up from Boston? It's exactly it, yeah, yeah. They really like him, and I, I just, he's not, he, I don't know if they're grooming him to be a, a like a super utility off the bench guy, or they want him to play a position. It's or he's just, he's in the wings in case Bo gets hurt. I I, I don't know, but he, he seems to. I, I, haven't seen a lot of him. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Santiago?
1: I, I like the kid. I mean, he's still young, right? Um, he can play shortstop fairly well he's not a defensive wizard by any stretch but he's well above average i think defensively right um his bat has a long way to go he's very light hitting right right so i i foresee him being a bench piece for his career kind of like a ryan goins kind of guy
0: oh yeah yeah I, I it's funny everybody everybody loved ryan goins in toronto yeah <laughs> he, he was, cause he's a good defender he couldn't hit his weight but uh he was he was fun to watch but he, he right, he wasn't an everyday. He definitely wasn't an everyday uh, player. Uh, so I think they have him as a, a bench player, and then they got your fourth outfielder. And we talked a little bit about Randall Grichik earlier. Uh, Randall's probably going to be the odd man out if he's not traded. If he's not traded, yeah, I, yeah, I think I
1: think they're shopping him pretty big, and it might be for a catcher. Who knows? Right. That's that's the rumor I've heard is that they're they're in the market for a catcher. So
0: that'd be interesting. Uh, probably a, a more veteran. A veteran yeah catcher yeah i know there was talk they've been if you if you listen to reports they've been in on everybody <laughs> right right there's always there's always a news report jays are on it. Like every big free agent there and uh from the uh from the podcast i've listened to um like a shout out to uh a few of those uh, behind the letters I, I don't know if you listen to that podcast with uh some Jays reporters, but uh, they've mentioned the same. They, they they'd be crazy not to check in on everybody, right? This, right. Is, this is and this is what they do. They you know they're going to tap every free agent, see what the value is, and are they really seriously into them? Maybe not. Like they checked in on Yadier Molina. Yeah. I think we all knew Yadier was going to go back to St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, but so Randall, I think if he's not, uh, I he, it'd be hard to pay that kind of money for a guy to sit on the bench.
1: Right. And and that's where it's it's tough, right? Because he's a better defender than Teoscar. Right. So, cuz he played center well, not great, but well. Yeah. You put him in right field and his defensive value in right field was way higher. Yeah. So, I think he's a better defender, but then you've got Teoscar out there. So, it's it's going to be tough. It's a log jam in the outfield.
0: It, and it's not a great log jammer, right? I don't think no. it's like it's You're with I mean defensively, offensively, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think Randall is uh, he obviously he's the odd man out right now, and I think I I think you're right. I think he might be traded before the season starts, for something. Yeah, Uh, but whether that be one of the starters or that be a relief pitcher or uh, maybe both or a catcher. Yeah, they also have Jonathan Davis as a possible fourth fourth outfielder
1: and they had they had this one kid that they keep bringing to spring training forest wall who's uh who's getting up there in age and he might end up cracking the uh the roster as a, a fourth outfielder if they trade if they trade away uh gritchick gritchick
0: right, let's take a look at these outfielders yeah yeah that's right there's also this josh palacios never heard of him never heard of him <laughs> he's on the uh He's on the 40-man r- roster right now. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and it's fourth outfielder, right? So, it's somebody yeah. that gets hurt at least. Again, it's good to have that depth. It seems like they have that kind of depth. I think we'll, we'll go into the, uh, maybe we'll finish this podcast by going through the starters. And uh, so, our 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 plan was to talk about uh, Nate Pearson today under our blue chips and dip segment. <laughs> uh, but maybe we'll save that until next week. We've had a lot to cover since we're trying to wrap up the whole offseason in once. And then maybe we'll do the around the horn for next podcast as well. Yeah, um, there's been a lot. It's a lot to cover this one. So we got our projected starters. Hyunjin uh, Ryu, number one starter. Oh yeah,
1: he's he was their best pitcher last year by far. Yeah, um, he's always been pretty reliable in terms of numbers injuries well he didn't have a full season to play last year and he did have to take a couple starts off
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so that's always kind of uh worrisome when you when you're now looking at playing a full hundred and some game I'm, I'm figuring we'll probably play 154 is what they were looking at
0: yeah so we'll see i think yeah and it, i i well i know the uh, baseball players association turned down the 154 game schedule it's so they're back to 162 games, but I think you're right with COVID and uh, the climate we're in. It might be 150, 154. It might be, might be less. It depends on what happens, right? Yeah. New strain. But let's not talk about negativity. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I he, he's reuse your your uh, s- stereotypical soft lefty thrower, right? Like yep. Jamie Moyer, Jimmy Key. You know, he's always around the plate uh he's not going to strike out a ton of people uh but he uh my only i I, and i i like him as a number one starter especially for the regular season he he doesn't walk a lot of people he's any right he's reliable he'll pitch a lot of innings unless he gets hurt yeah but i in the playoffs when he played when he pitched against tampa he got rocked and i i don't do you know give any insight like why that would happen in the playoffs Compared to the regular season?
1: I'm thinking, so Tampa Bay does a fantastic job of scouting. Right. And they're numbers driven. They always have been. And either they found something so that Ryu was tipping his pitches.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And uh, and that's why they were able to light him up. Or, yeah. Or he was just, uh, you know, they just scouted him so well that they knew exactly what was coming.
0: I, uh, it would have to be right. I think he got he got absolutely right. I don't think he made it out of the first inning. Yeah, it
1: was it was brutal.
0: It was bad, but I mean for regular season, he looked he he was well worth the money they paid him. Right? Yeah. I mean, they need they needed that that he's their ace. Yep. For now, yep. until maybe the guy that's third on this list comes down. So the next guy they have slotted number their number two starter will be Robbie Ray.
1: Well, that's rough for a number two starter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know flip a coin which Robbie Ray do you get exactly right? exactly like, do, you, do you get the Arizona Diamondback Robbie Ray or do you get the guy we saw the last half of last year Robbie Ray right right uh, he's always uh, for me Robbie Ray is a guy he's going to walk and I hate pitches that walk batters but he's going to walk a lot of batters but he's going to strike out a ton of batters yeah um, he's got he's got good stuff he's a lefty so you. you that means he'd have back-to-back lefties in your rotation i don't know if, i don't know how much you want that but it, it, even if you move robbie ray to thirds i mean yeah. and after to be honest like after your first series the rotation gets shifted around anyways so yeah um i i yeah you're i <laughs> think you nailed it on the head with robbie ray as your second starter that's rough yeah it is rough i mean you could have like robbie ray
1: going back just you know to 2018 was a really really good pitcher right you know like a 290 or 393 era um you know he had a lot of strikeouts you know a lot of strikeouts and you know if we can get you know 2018 or 2017 robbie ray
0: we've got a good a good pitcher and he, Uh, he and he's not he's not super old either right he's 29. yeah he's
1: uh yeah he's 29.
0: Uh, so yeah, just looking at his career numbers. Um we are, ERA. Yeah. So like last year, not horrible. I mean, it's four seventy nine in Toronto.
1: In Toronto, yeah. because yeah, you look at
0: Arizona was seven eighty four. Yeah. That ERA is not good. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Before that, in twenty seventeen, he was a. Uh, look, look at that year in twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, he was fifteen and five with the two eighty nine ERA. Like, do you get that, Robbie Ray? Then, yeah, he's your, he's your number two starter. Absolutely. Maybe yeah. maybe your ace.
1: Exactly. Um, so I, I'm I'm not a – like, I like the guy. And, and from what I've heard is that he changed his mechanics to try to, you know, do something. I'm not really sure why you would do that. You know, you've been an effective pitcher your whole career. Why change it all of a sudden? But last year, he changed his mechanics, and that completely – threw out his control out of whack. And that's when he started walking a ton of players.
0: Right. So. I, and, I, you're, and I think, I think you're right. It's the same thing with, uh, well, Tiger Woods, like why, why would Tiger Woods change his swing? Right. Like, he's already the best golfer in the world. Why would you, I guess for him, it was, I could always get better. And maybe exactly. he was trying to do that. If, if I was Robbie Ray, I'd be studying film from 2017 and just trying to replicate that, that throwing that, uh, that motion, an,
1: right? An indication show that's exactly what he's doing. He was he was looking back at his old tapes and trying
0: to get back to that same, well, that same know, mechanic. We should quit this podcast and just be pitching coaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they they have uh, Big Nate Pearson as their third starter. Big Nate, Nate.
1: I like Nate. I'm just weary of his control issues last year. Right. Right he um he started walking a lot of guys and uh and that kind of scares me because you got a guy that can throw a hundred tipped a hundred and four in the minors. right <laughs> that's <laughs> insane yeah um but if you've got no control, we've seen this you know time and time again where you have pitchers that can throw big numbers but can't can't put it over the plate, yep, and that becomes an issue right
0: yeah, and the thing for me with with Nate is he's at least he's at least he's a big body he's gonna be dirt i think he's gonna be durable yeah he, i know he got injured last year but i mean i think uh, i really think that was a cause because he was trying to over pitch yeah like he was excited and it's you know he's supposed to be the next big big thing he I, and i think he'll be the jays ace in three years from now uh but uh, you're right he's got to learn control and i think pete walker is going to work on that with him yeah uh, I, yeah, and I'll give you one name that a guy that could throw 100 miles an hour, but still get rocked was Billy Koch. Yeah. I don't know if you remember Billy, remember. Billy Koch. Yeah. He could throw 100 miles an hour, but man, he threw that ball straight as an arrow. Yeah. And uh, some days they miss it, but most of the time they get squared up, right? Major league hitters are going to hit big fastballs. They can. So, yeah. So I, but I think Nate, he's got three good pitches. So I think, uh, I, I think he'll be okay. It's, 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 he's not going to be. He's not going to, and who is, right? An ace right away. Exactly. He's going to, he's got to learn how to pitch. He's been a thrower. I think he's going to have to learn how to pitch now.
1: Well, and I think he made that adjustment last year at the end of last year because he came in wanting to be the hardest throwing pitcher of all time. Right. Because he was already up there, right? He was at 104 at like, you know, he's what 24. And I think he had 104 at like 19 or 20, which is just pure insanity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was having that mentality is i'm going to throw as hard as i possibly can and then he showed up in his first start and i was all excited to see this kid and uh i don't think he hit 100 once in his entire <laughs> first start
0: yeah yeah i think i think you're right i don't know if he did or not and i think that might be because of the
1: shortened uh new spring training you know you had the first spring training and then you had a shutdown and then you had a second spring training where you have to kind of ramp things up again and, now, and that's hard on pitchers as well so Right. I'm hoping that that played a part in his uh, inability to find control, and uh, I think being around a lot of these, you know, seasoned pitchers, like you're looking, you know, he spent most of the season with Matt Shoemaker, and uh, and Tanner Rourke, just to kind of say, you know, leave some in the tank. You yeah. know, it's okay if you're throwing 97, 98. And then you ramp it up to 100 when you need to. That's that's what Justin Verlander did, right? I was gonna,
0: I was gonna, you, you, you take the words out of my mouth. Exactly, that's what that's what Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, same thing, right? right. They they are able to uh, throw 96, 97, and then if they need to ramp it up to 100 in the seventh or eighth or it's, uh, who goes eight innings now, but yeah. six or seventh <laughs> innings, they they can, right? No, I, I I'm hoping again breakout year for Nate Pearson. That'd be really that'd be. It'd be a heck of Ryu then Pearson back to yep. back. You know, soft thrower, hard thrower. Oh yeah, keep them off balance. They have Tanner Rourke. Oof. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's all we got to say about Tanner Rourke. Roof. Uh, but to Tanner Rourke's defense, I mean, if uh, who's a pitcher? Justin um, Bauer. What's Bauer's first name? He's got a big contract. Trevor Bauer just got that big contract from LA. I mean, their stats are. Pretty similar for about five years there. Yeah, uh, and I, I'll, I'll say this for another podcast about Trevor Bauer. I am not a fan of Trevor Bauer. I'm glad the Jays didn't go get Trevor Bauer. Uh, I think he's he was the most overrated pitcher this off season. But well, uh, it's another it's another podcast. Yeah. As for Tanner work. I think yeah, for a fourth so for a fourth starter, they have they have him. But I mean, you really he could be in the bullpen.
1: Yeah. So the thing is with Tanner Rourke is you kind of know what you're getting, right? Like last year, his numbers were inflated. um, But in the past, he's been that 4.2 to 4.5 ERA, which is serviceable if you've got a high potent offense. Right. To help you score runs, right? We've seen, you know, Drew Hutchison (laughs) can have a six ERA and still have a winning record. Right. Um, Yeah, exactly. um, So if they have the offense to give him some run support, he can be a stopgap and you know that he's going to give you innings. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, his numbers are nothing to write home about.
0: I think yeah you're right. He's a, he's a stopgap. And you know what you're getting? He's not he's a commodity. He's you throw him out there, you know you're going to get probably 5 or 6 innings out of him. You're probably going to give up three or four runs. Yeah. But but you're going to get that every time, right? You're not you're not going to be surprised by it. I think he'll he'll probably end up being the fourth or fifth starter for the Jays. And on this depth chart, they have Steven Matz as their fifth starter. I I like the pickup of Steve Matz. I do. I think. uh, I mean, he had a great. uh, What two years ago? He had a really good year. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it's going to pull up his stats. Yeah. And 2018, 2019 wasn't bad. Um, He gives
1: you 150 to 160 innings, which is good nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Injuries have been an issue with him. So let's let's hope he can stay healthy.
0: And so then. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, again, you're hoping, again, breakout year (laughs) (laughs) becomes that uh, that serviceable fifth starter. But then you have, I mean, there's a list of guys that you have TJ Zook, Anthony Kay, Trent Thornton. Everybody's kind of forgotten about Big Trent, who led the team in innings pitch two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, if I had to change Tanner Rourke, I would switch him out with Trent Thornton. Yeah, same. Um, Even... I, I, I don't know what what are your thoughts on Anthony K? You know what he's he's one of those
1: that because uh, he was part of that um, that trade with uh, for Strowman, right?
0: That's right, that's right.
1: I I think he could be one of those surprise surprise part of the deal. You know, like, I think he's he's going to show up at one point and give you some solid innings, maybe as a middle reliever, long swing man. You know, he
0: yeah I, I I like Anthony K. I think he was he wasn't a throw-in in that deal. He was one of the persons they they wanted. I, I don't think he's given been given much of a. I was kind of disappointed he wasn't given a starter role last year. I mean he had a, a again in a, a very limited in 21 innings he had a 5.14 ERA, but I remember there was a stretch there and I don't know if you remember this or not the beginning of the year where he was almost lights out. Yep for about uh, five or six games there when he's coming out of the bullpen. I in the year before what he pitched, fourteen innings for the Jays. He was five seventy nine. I mean, with a ERA over almost a six. I, I I just I I think I I don't know if it's just because the, the limited times I've seen him. I think he's got a very smooth delivery. Yeah. And I think he's going to be. I think he could challenge for a fifth starter role if he's got a good spring training. But most yep. likely he'll be one probably the longer guy out of the bullpen. I would imagine.
1: I, I see him as a because uh, I mean he's only got 35 innings in right. the majors, right? That's that's not a lot. Right. Um, so I figure he probably, if we have a you know a AAA again this year, um, yep. he probably becomes a full time starter AAA and yep. uh, becomes your your next call up if somebody gets injured or somebody goes down or anything like that.
0: Right. And they so and they also picked up. I guess we can't forget to mention Francisco Lariano, who is another invitee to tr- spring training. I, I think. Lariano will probably end up in AAA as well. If again, if we have one, yeah. Just as a, and it's it's all about depth, right? I mean, at least yeah. you can throw Lariano in there for a couple of games if someone gets hurt. Uh, he's never going to be what he was, no. especially with with the Jays the first time around. But uh, yeah, so I and I I think people forget about Ryan Barucki. You know, he's another guy that was a starter, pitched out the bullpen well last year, and I he had a little bit of issues with control but he's got a lot of strikeouts
1: a lot of lefties eh
0: yeah i was gonna say we're all talking about lefties right
1: yeah like because kay is a lefty um yeah. liriano's a little lefty and yeah
0: rocky's a lefty Mats is a lefty Mats is a lefty Ryu's a lefty robbie ray's a lefty yeah yeah it's it's i i, I didn't notice that it's weird me and ivan were talking before this podcast he's getting things ready and yeah we we're talking they're they're really left heavy they are uh, so moving on, we'll just, I guess we'll kind of start wrapping this up. We're a little bit over our time, uh, but we'll go through the entire bullpen. Just a couple highlights. Our closer this year for the first time in what, two or three years, it's not Giles anymore. No. It's, uh, it's most likely from what I can tell is going to be Kirby Yates. Yeah. What do you think of him?
1: I, if we get the Kirby Yates from a couple of years ago, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he can be that shutdown closer. Um, I think he's a good option, and then you've got some young arms that are willing to challenge. Um, so you've got Romano. I, I like Romano.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think Romano last year looked like he could have been the closer. Yeah. He got he, he got hurt, I believe, last year.
1: Yeah, he uh, partway through. He came back at the end of the season, so he kind of left, came back.
0: Yeah, he uh, he was he was lights out. Yeah. I mean, he looked really good. So yeah, I I could see. If it's not Kirby Yates, maybe Kirby Yates is a setup for yeah. Romano. Depending again, <laughs> one of these like we hope this this is his year and he comes back and he's lights out again. I like Kirby Yates. He pitched really well for San Diego. Yeah. Uh, and then you got so you got Romano who could uh who could be the closer. Even Dolis. Dolis, yeah. He could he could end up being challenging for that closure role.
1: And and what a lot of people are saying is that uh is because Charlie Montoyo is from the Tampa Bay organization Mm -hmm. that he'll use the bullpen, you know, in very high leverage, you know, innings. So for example, if you have a tight situation in the seventh, he might bring in the closer in the seventh, right? Just kind of shut down a mess and then just kind of finish off the, and then you've got three guys that can kind of, you know, fill in that closer role if you need to. Right. So he might use a lot of these high leverage guys in very different situations.
0: Kind of the way it was back in the day, right? Yep. And like not the closer pitching three innings, but at least closers weren't designated just to pitch the ninth, right? And like, I guess uh, the, the earliest example of that I think I saw was in Cleveland, the playoffs with uh, Tito when he was managing. Put in, who's that big lefty they had?
1: Uh, Andrew Miller. The
0: Yankees. Andrew Miller. Remember he was, and he was, like, I hate using the word lights out again, but he was, lights out yeah. that playoffs and he, he he wasn't pitching the ninth no nope. there if there was if they were up by a couple runs in the seventh inning or even in six and it was a high leverage situation then only up by one or two runs and his bases loaded miller's coming in yeah and i i don't have a I don't have a problem with that what i do have a problem with and i'm sure we can talk about this in a different podcast is the Tampa bay rays pulling out your best pitchers <laughs> when he's yeah. only pitched like 70 pitches and he's it's a world series uh anyways we'll get yeah. we'll get we'll get into that after yeah so you have uh and we're not gonna go through everybody david phelps the jays picked up again uh solid tyler, pickup solid pickup tyler chatwood again depth for the bullpen yeah aj cole i like aj same just you know more depth julian Mer- merriweather patrick murphy don't know who that guy is and jacob waggis pack Another guy that could do a spot start here and there, yeah, right?
1: exactly. Uh,
0: so all in all, I think uh, from from what I can tell of us talking, I think we're kind of hoping that we get a lot of breakout years. Yes. Uh, and I think they're at that age where, you know, where typically in, in baseball it's the 26 to 27-year-old, 27 and 28-year-old uh, age is where you start, you know, you get you prime, you, you really prime, break yeah. out. Yeah, so – I think we're the players are kind of hitting there, except for Bo's a little younger, Vlad's younger, so we're hoping they just back to their potential, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. And we get a we get some surprise starts in the bullpen from uh, bullpen the, the the rotation. Who knows? It Could be a really good year. Yeah, I think, I, I think
1: so. they've they've positioned themselves to to really put some pressure on the Yankees. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think the Rays are going to take a step back this year. I think the Yankees are the team to beat in the East Yeah, and the Jays are right up there. So we'll see how that goes.
0: So if you can nail you down right now before we end the podcast uh, to how many roughly, well, how many, how many wins the Jays have, what the Jays have at the end of the year?
1: Well, it's going to be more than last year
0: (laughs) because they're going to play (laughs) more games.
1: (laughs) Um, I would say they're in the 86 to 87 win
0: area. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to jump on. I don't want to copy catch it. But I was thinking, yeah, about eighty-eight wins. I think is where we're looking at, I and mean, I, I think you're exactly right with uh the, the Yankees will be the team to beat. I mean, other than that, in the East, uh, you have Baltimore. They're not uh, going anywhere. Boston's trading everybody. Yeah, uh, they're rebuilding. Tampa Bay. Uh, uh, it's tough Tampa with them, Bay, right? You know, like you're because you're exactly right. You're like they're going to take a step back, and then they get players from single a or a guy they dropped you've never heard of and they become an all-star yeah so they that that is an organization wow if, if they only had fans yeah maybe they'd, they'd be unstoppable uh but I, I i think the jays will be an 88 win team and i hope they surprise us and they uh, with expanded playoffs they they make it all the way yeah get a playoff spot and uh maybe do something maybe pass the first round of the playoffs this year I haven't seen that in a while. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be nice, right? Okay, I think uh, that'll be it for this week. Uh, Ivan, you have any closing comments?
1: No, just uh, go Jays go. Can't wait for spring training.
0: Yeah, spring training is coming in a couple weeks. Catchers and pitchers report. And uh, they're going to have some fans in Florida. So looking forward to it. I hope you guys enjoyed our podcast. Uh, We'll be on again, we think, maybe next week, Ivan. We're kind of playing this by ear for now, Yeah. right? Um, I think it'll be... For now, it'll be probably weekly, and then once we get in the off season again, I think we'll probably stretch things out because there's only so much to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's pretty slow off season for baseball.
0: Right. So I think uh, with spring training coming up, we'll have a, f- a few uh, few discussions to have. I think next week we'll probably talk a little bit more about again about Nate Pearson a little bit more. When we will talk a little bit more about what's happening around the league. Yep. Uh, and seventh inning, uh, uh, s- the seventh inning game, double headers, the new ball they're projecting. So. I hope you stay tuned. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Hope you enjoyed Fans in the Stands. All right. Have a good one. Thanks.